Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. Nick Bradley here. Welcome to 15 Minutes to Action for this week on the Scale Up Your Business podcast. We are going to go into how can you increase your sales conversion? So I've spoken a lot in the past about lead generation and how to do that. And there's an expression, if you're into golf, there's an expression which says, you drive for show and you putt for dough. Now, what that simply means is if you can stand on the tee and you can smack a ball 300 meters, it looks impressive, but it only counts for one shot. Whereas if you get on the putting green and it takes you five putts to get the ball in the hole, all of those tiny little shots all add up to either a well, in that case, a pretty poor score, but if you can put it in one, it's an amazing score. So the way I like to think about leads and sales conversion is exactly like that. You can get as many leads as possible. It looks really impressive. I've got this many leads. Look, look how many people are interested in my business. But if you're converting one in 10 or dare I say it, one in a hundred, which I know some people actually do in certain types of businesses, that ain't great. There's a lot of reasons for that. You're spending a lot of money a heap of money on generating those leads, not just money, you're also investing time. And if you're spending somewhere between, let's say five and 15% of you know, the revenue that you bring into your business on marketing and you're getting that poor level of conversion, then you are what I would call super, super inefficient. So the reason I want to talk about sales conversion today is it's the number one thing that people have been asking for over the last few weeks in the Scale Up Your Business community. And as I often say, if you haven't joined that, please go onto Facebook now, search for me, search for that community, sign up. Uh, We've got a free gift for everyone who does sign up actually, which is 20 leads in 20 days. But again, that's fine, but not if you go and convert them. So that's what today's about. Let's do it. So I'm going to give you my eight favorite tactics to quickly increase your sales conversion rate. And just before I do that, any of you who are out there on LinkedIn, I'm not sure how many times per day you get someone trying to flog you a lead generation service. If you, if you wanna start a business right now through the kind of pandemic that's gonna get probably more traction because it's a bigger need, start a sales conversion business, not a lead generation business, start a sales conversion business. It is absolutely where the game needs to be played. All right, let's get into it. So my eight top tips, my top tactics for this week for 15 minutes to action. So the first one, simple, but really, really important is employ people who are absolutely passionate about the product or service that you sell, the solution you offer your customers and clients. Now you can train anybody on features and attributes. You can actually train people how to sell from a kind of practical educational technique perspective but i don't think you can teach enthusiasm and you can't really teach people how they show up you know there's that old saying how you do anything is how you do everything so my biggest belief is you've got to have people particularly in sales because it's such a crucial customer facing part of the business 
that are absolutely passionate about being there and your business, what you do, how you solve problems for your customers. Now, the thing not to do here is don't hire the guy, the gal from uh, your competitor who has the best reputation in the industry for closing deals because you know what? I've seen that happen so many times, particularly startups. They go and hire the, the person who's been the sales director of the big competitor or they get the, sometimes they get the marketing person who's come in from the big competitor and they think that's going to be the panacea to them being able to have this amazing commercial performance. And it just doesn't work very well. If you need a heavy hitter, bring someone in on a contract, bring someone in as like a freelancer who can kind of set up processes and systems, maybe train the team. And if they work out, then you could consider bringing them in. But what you don't want to do is make that really expensive hire, work out that they're not the right person for all the reasons I'm explaining now, and then having to kind of reverse yourself out of that situation. I've actually seen businesses go bust because they've made the wrong decision, particularly in that sales leadership role. Secondary point here, it's on the same point around employing the, the people who are absolutely passionate is around influencing. Now, I just want to kind of give you my best definition of influence. Influence is not trying to get someone else to believe, okay, in your product, your service, what you're, what you're talking about. It's about convincing someone that you believe. It's about clarity, it's about energy, and it's about passion. So as I said, the summary of this first point is employ people who are absolutely passionate about the product or service you sell. All right, number two, predictability Predictability of performance comes from practice. Comes from practice. Doesn't come from a one-off thing. You might get lucky, right? You might have a call with someone where you build rapport, it's amazing, and you close that deal, but that is not predictable, okay? So what I say here is you always have to have an outline sales script as part of your sales system. Now, of course, you've got one, haven't you? Everyone's got one. Okay, as, as people suddenly kind of go hiding in their corners, going, I haven't got one neck. Well, you know what? You're not alone. Here's the easiest way to do it. If you haven't got one, record yourself or your best salesperson giving a mock sales presentation. Get this transcribed. And then this can be the starting point of how you start to build that predictability and scripting in your business. So you can revise and you can iterate once you've got something. That's the easiest way to get something. And then that becomes the first thing that you start to scale across your team. And, you know, I find with, with sales in particular, the more predictable you can make it from, from a, a sales process perspective, the better it is because then people can have some flair with their personality and how they do things. That's where the, the kind of um, personal attributes or characteristics of someone can show, but you, you still operate within a structure, within a system. All righty. Number three. Get an upfront agreement with your customer or your client. Okay, this is sometimes called sales qualification, but I think it's more than that. A clear decision is a yes or no as to whether it's worthwhile moving to the next step. Now, the reason that people don't ask this question or get into this conversation with a prospect is they are fearful that the person's going to say no and they don't want to lose the sale or they don't want to hurry the sale or whatever. They have all these different things. But you know what? This is what I say. The counteract of that, the problem with that is that if you don't get to a yes or a no quickly, how much time are you going to invest, you know, playing around the edges? Now, when I go and do deals, when I go and buy businesses in particular, it's quite easy to fall in love with the business and you don't want to kind of scare off the seller and whatever. But these days, what we do is we have a pipeline of 20 to 30 deals in play at any one time. And we like to qualify a deal in or out within five days. 
So what that means is we take in all the information, we look at kind of what we're going to do in terms of an offer, we, we check the motivation of the seller, and we ask the question about the various things that we want to put forward as part of that offer. And what that does is it basically allows us to say, you know, get to a position where we can move on if there doesn't look like there's much chance that we're going to get that deal in the way that we want to get that deal. Okay, so you can't be fearful of this. Another thing that I do here is I, I do something called testing the yes. So if someone says, yes, ah, yeah, I want to move forward, but I'm not really sure, that to me is not a commitment. And you could go with that. But what I find sometimes is that, you know, the, these people, because they're not really committed at the beginning, they've got this kind of remorse thing. They, they might warm up over time, but there are usually some issues that again, um, drain energy and time at the beginning of that relationship. So what testing the yes is, is if someone says, yeah, I want to do it. So, okay, listen, go away for, for 48 or 72 hours, two or three days. And if this is a hell yes, if this is something that really is going to solve a problem for you, um, I want you to come back and tell me. Now, some sales trainers out there are listening to me going, Nick, you don't know what you're talking about. That's, you know, you've just let a prospect go. I guarantee I haven't. Okay. This is where I like to do things a bit different than how most people do. Because what I've really done there is I've, conf I've actually got the commitment much firmer than what it was before. Yeah, I will lose some, but you know what? There's other things I do within my system, which means my conversion rates are really, really high. So I'm really comfortable testing the yes so that I can bring in the right type of clients and customers that I know are going to want to work with me and where I can add value. And then the whole thing is not only commercially viable, it's certainly much more enjoyable. Keep going. Number four, this is calibrate your offer. So you want to, you want to iterate things. You want to test price. You want to test the framing, how you present. You want to test any bonuses or added features. You want to test the terms, terms of sale. Now, it's quite often for me that version one of anything I put out into this world, particularly any product I put out into this world, doesn't usually work how I want it to. Funnily, it ends up being version seven. Yep, version seven. So you could sit there and say, Nick, you know, are you sure you know what you're doing when you put something out there? I'm just a big believer in iteration. I'm a big believer in, in kind of agility. So I'll put something out there, which is more or less there. It might be 80% there but it's not the final thing. It hasn't got all the bits clinking into gear like cog. So it works really, really well. And you've got to, you've got to not be scared of doing that. So I say it's not really failure. It's simply learning and it's part of the process. Lots of entrepreneurs, when they start their businesses, don't realize it can take a number of pivots before they really get it right. And that is what entrepreneurship is. It's not a, you know, back to my whole analogy about golf. It's not that you have one shot and you smash it down the fairway and that's it. You know, there's a number of things that happen before that to get it right. And it's normally um, under, under the guise of practice or experimentation. Okay, number five. And five and six are quite similar, actually. So I'll take you through both of them um, in quick succession. So the five is introduce scarcity and social proof. Now, these are two of Robert Cialdini's six principles of influence. And if you haven't read Robert's book on influence and persuasion, it is the best book. I think it's the best sales book out there. And these two out of the six are the most powerful. So scarcity is, is clearly if there's only one left on the shelf and there's five people wanting it, there's a demand that's created for that one left. So you don't want to lie about this. I don't believe in, in lying at all in selling. I think you've just got to be clear that there is a cap. So if you're offering a service and you have no capacity or you've only got a certain amount of capacity between now and the end of the year to work with X number of clients, you should say that. Because what you want to get is that intention of speeding up the process. And scarcity can get people psychologically to make a decision much quicker 
um, than if they think there's an, uh, an abundant supply of whatever it is that you're offering. Social proof effectively is testimonials, it's case studies, it's the fact that someone else has already had a great result, a great experience from whatever you're offering. So you want to introduce that all the way through your sales process. It needs to be on your website, on your funnels, sales pages. It needs to be in your scripting. Uh, you can have videos. You can sometimes interview past customers. All of that is helping. Now, remember, you're not manipulating the situation here. What you're really doing is helping someone make a decision. If all this stuff is real, right? You're not making it up. You have helped people. Your product or service works. Sometimes your prospect just needs to feel that they need to get a certain level of certainty. So having some social proof really, really helps that. Number six, as I said, is similar to five, but it's introducing the fear of loss. Now, again, some people struggle with this, but it is an absolutely key way of inspiring quick action. Fear of loss is you offer something that can get taken away with a time frame. So the easiest way to do this is to introduce, say, a highly valued bonus or maybe a significant pricing incentive if people take action now. And when I do this, I often give people 24 hours to make a decision or sometimes less depending on, on how big the, um, the additional bonus is. But what you're doing here is you're, again, playing with the, the psychology that things aren't around forever and you want to convert. So conversion to you is, is, is important because you're not wasting time then trying to, you know, both your brain space as well as anything tactically that you need to do. So introducing a fear of loss, the taking away of something that's important can be a way of dramatically increasing sales conversion because it just plays with that psychology in a very, very um, deliberate way. All right, almost there, last couple. Number seven, get better and more intentional with sales training for your team, even if that's just you, <laughs> okay? Get good at this. Now, week in, week out, the best way to do this is what I call behaviorally-based sales coaching, which includes practice. Yeah, like anything, public speaking. Okay, anyone want to go back and listen to episode one of Scale Up Your Business and now listen to the last ones? I hope you would say that they've got better. Why have they got better? Because... I'm practicing. I'm practicing all the nuances. In sales, in customer service, practice is the most important thing. I think it's crazy that some people kind of think that, why, why would it be any different? Anyone who's great at a sport or great at, um, let's say, acting or great in any sort of other field has practiced. I think it was Michael Jordan who said, you get paid in public for the hours that you put in in practice. It's the same in any discipline, but most definitely the same in, in sales. And, and you know, as people who kind of commit to the craft of selling are the ones who end up being really good, particularly if they're passionate, as I said before, and they have those intangibles about how they show up. Now, I'm the chairman of a business which is called Pro. It's called Practice Room Online. And they specialize in practice-based sales training for the teams. Okay, for teams, for leaders of teams, they're awesome at it. And what they do is that you actually get to practice in front of a player coach who's a trained actor and they pretend that they're the prospect. And then at the end, they're also a qualified coach and they give you feedback about where you can improve. So if you're interested in talking to the guys at Practice Room Online Pro, I'll put a link into the show notes. But that's just one example of something you can do low cost, high impact, intentional 
which will get, you know, your team more effective and more confident in all this stuff. Okay. The last one, number eight, could have said it was number one, is create and constantly refine your pre-selling system. So this is the stuff that happens top of funnel before any sales conversation happens. It's your content marketing, it's your personal branding, it's all the social media that you do. And why is this important? Because if someone has made the decision before the sales conversation even happens, your sales conversions naturally go through the roof. So the idea that you have to kind of hit someone up on an outbound telesales call and try and convince them about your product when they've got no interest or no understanding or awareness, it can work in certain situations as part of your whole model, but I don't prescribe to it being the thing that you should be doubling down on. Double down on your content, help inspire, educate, and you'd be surprised how many people see you out there. Sometimes it takes time, so it's a bit of a compound effect. You're sowing seeds and you know you think, oh, what's going to happen? And all of a sudden, people just start calling you up. They start emailing you. They start messaging you and saying, listen, I love that piece that you said about this or I love that blog that you wrote. Or, I saw that article in Forbes or Fortune and I'd really like to talk about how, how you can help me. Now, that's amazing because the majority of the sales process has happened and then what you need to do is build rapport and do a validation around where you can actually help. But your, your conversion rates, the one in 10, the one in 100, whatever it is, they go through the roof by, by putting investment, commitment, time, energy into this pre-selling system. All right, so that's it. That is the eight, my eight favorite tactics of how you can increase your sales conversion rate. There is a heap of stuff in there. I could have kept on going for ages. I'm probably over time, but this is one you've been asking for. I just want to finish by saying I mentioned one word a lot throughout this podcast today, and that is system. System, system, really important. Everything is a system, okay, across your business, but particularly around your commercial piece from marketing to sales to all of it. So a lot of this stuff, you want to create predictability. And one of the things I talk about building empires a lot, I talk about what are the six peaks of value creation, creating a highly valuable business. And one of them is the predictable flow of the right customers coming into your business, driving recurring revenue. What we've covered today is that predictable flow, predictable flow. Okay. How you do it and how you get those, those conversion rates as high as you possibly can. So that's it. 15 minutes to action. Go away. Take action. I hope this stuff is serving you. I hope it's helping you. As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now.